visit Cape and Cowell Comics at 1601 Clay Street in downtown Oakland, California, open every day, or online at capeandcowlcomics.com. Welcome to the Cape and Cowell Podcast, where we talk about comics and comics culture. I'm your host today, Rainier, and I am joined today by Henry Liu. Hello. How's it going, Henry? It is going well. Glad to have you here. Today, we're going to chat Walking Dead, all things Walking Dead. Uh, we're going to recap Season 7, which had just ended. And just a little warning, there are going to be major spoilers ahead. So if you haven't tuned in, either pause or expect to be spoiled. Exactly. And, you know, the season finale, well, it wasn't like it was yesterday. It's been a few weeks now, right? Several so no weeks. excuses. Fair game. Right? <laughs> yeah. So before we dive into the season, season seven recap, Henry, you attended the Walker Stalker Con uh, in San Francisco this year. I did, and that just happened. So yeah, kind of the reason we wanted to talk Walking Dead was not only the season ended recently, but yeah, I just attended the Walker Stalker Con in San Francisco. And they their first year was two years ago. They skipped last year. Yeah. So they've come back, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah, and I attended that one as well, the 2015 Walker Stalker Con San Francisco. The inaugural show. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so how was it this year compared to the first year? Yeah, it was good. It was fun, man. Um, though, yeah, very different. Very different. So uh, first off, it was more crowded this year and I kind of knew that going in because the the day I went Saturday that day it sold out like quite a while ago early so, yeah yeah when we were talking about it I was considering it and I got shut down real quick because it was sold yeah. out yeah the only yeah. day I could go on Saturday yeah sold out yeah and this was not like the day of or even like the week of this is like months uh, yeah a couple right? months ago I think so yeah, so I went in know, knowing that it would be pretty crowded. Sure enough, it was pretty crowded. There were a lot of people there, yeah. So the the big distinction wasn't so much the crowding. Yeah, there was a fair amount of people who went in 2015 also, but uh, the, the cast, the cast members who went 2015 versus 2017 were very different. Um, so uh, the the most prominent cast member who went in 2015 who was clearly like kind of the big draw the, the king of the con was Glenn himself Stephen Yun and you know he is my favorite character on Walking Dead I'm a huge Glenn fan I was super stoked and there were a lot of Glenn fans who went that year um, a lot of Asian a lot of Asians in attendance, myself included, and it was kind of a feel-good vibe. You know, it's like this is our guy, you know, <laughs> and uh, a, a lot of uh, a, a lot of excitement about that. So, cut to 2017. Uh, Stephen Young wasn't in attendance, but there were definitely. I wonder why. <laughs> hmm. Uh, but. Uh, there were prominent cast members, big time. So Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Norman Reedus were in attendance. And as you all know, they play Negan and Daryl, respectively. And, um, you know, 
big stars, you know, that people love these guys. And um, I was curious, you know, when I win and I was thinking, oh, who's, who's going to be the king of the con this time, right? Because I know that uh, both those actors are very popular um, and very prominent. But hands down, no contest, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was the king of the con, man. I could not believe how many Negan cosplayers I saw on Saturday. It blew me away, man. It's crazy. They were everywhere. Rivaling all the Harley Quinn costumes out there. Yeah, yeah. It kind of was that vibe, you know. We saw so many Harleys at Comic-Con last year, right? Um, the, the, the amount of Negan cosplayers definitely rivaled that uh, for this Walker Stalker Con. It was wild, man. This is like the villain of the show who's like, I don't know, a lot of people hate this character, right? But man, there was a lot of fans, a lot of Negan fans who showed up. And um, yeah, it's, (laughs) maybe this is all in my head, but you know, the last Walker Stalker two years ago, a lot of Asians in attendance. We had a different president, you know, President Obama. Oh, we're gonna get political? (laughs) I mean, just a little bit. (laughs) Let me just float uh, you through uh, what went through my head a little bit. So, like I said, there are a lot of Negan cosplayers and they came you know, in strength, man. They didn't. They they showed up with their Lucille bats, man. They they had the leather jackets, the red scarves, the Lucille bats. They were ready to go, man. And I didn't get the vibe that they saw me and wanted to bash my head in. <laughs> but oh no, <laughs> I will say this: I got the vibe that, like, you know, they saw me and it was kind of like, you know, you had your fun. And now it's back to our turn. Wow, I wouldn't have, <laughs> no, no, I mean, I wouldn't have thought that. Well, this is pretty much just all in my head, right? Okay. Being Asian American and being a big Glenn fan, I can't, I couldn't help but think, you know, with all these fucking Negans around me, like, dude, it just, I, I didn't feel uh, threatened or in danger, but it just was that kind of vibe of like, it's our turn now, you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's, you know. Different attitude. Uh, very different. A whole different kind of vibe, uh, 2015 versus 2017. You're the bad guy, huh? Dude, like, I'm telling you, this guy is the villain of the show. You're the villain. And, dude, like, the, the, everyone was, like, holding up, holding their Lucille bats up high and proud. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was an interesting feeling, for sure. I'm imagining a lot of We Are Negan dialogue happening all around you. Yeah, like, um, there was that sense. Like, I don't think I really heard people saying those exact words, but I I felt it. I definitely felt it. (laughs) (laughs) So one of the highlights is you got to meet Jeffrey Dean Morgan. You got to take a picture with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, like I said, uh, the event sold out, um, but I made sure to purchase my photo ops in advance, this was a good move because I think they eventually did sell out for Jeffrey Dean Morgan at least. And um, if I were to try to buy these photos the day of, even if I got it, it would have been like a big pain. There were like long lines for everything. So I was glad I, I got the, uh, uh, I bought, I pre-bought nice. the, the photos. So I, I pre-bought a photo op with the great Ron Perlman. Ron Perlman. Yeah, who's, 
I mean, for us, probably most notable for playing Hellboy. Uh, but he's had a great career, a legendary career, so a great dude to meet. And I also uh, bought a photo op for Jeffrey Dean Morgan himself. And um, yeah, I think we were, <laughs> we were going to, I was going to wait to show you the photos uh, for the podcast, right? So you want yeah, to take a look? Yeah, let's see it. Let's get a little live reaction here. All right. <laughs> Now, imagining you going in full Glenn pose, but uh, I'm guessing you may have not opted to do that considering oh, yeah. the feeling so, you had. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. Well, we can see. Well, first, here's the the Ron Perlman photo. Oh, there he is, yeah. man. The Redwood original, <laughs> Hellboy himself. And what else, you. You, what else do you see in that so photo? So you're standing. Okay, wow. You guys look intense. <laughs> you look super happy. But what's great is that Henry is wearing a Hellboy's uh, his, his fist. Yeah. Also known as the right hand of doom. There it is. Yes. <laughs> Where did you get that? That's dope. Yeah, I got that uh, off, off the internet. I think it was on eBay. Uh, but yeah, I, I wasn't missing the opportunity to get a photo with Ron Perlman without, you know, That's the, the way right to do hand it. of doom. <laughs> yeah, what a great picture. All right, and then just swipe uh, to get to uh, the other Here one. We go. Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Mr. Negan himself, the comedian. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah. Henry is wearing his Watchman shirt. Yes. With the smiley face, bloody badge. Indeed. <laughs> in, uh, in full view. Yes, sir. Mr. Negan himself is pointing at you like you're the man. Yeah, I love it. It's a great photo. What a photo. great picture. <laughs> and yeah, I wanted to say that, yes, I am a fan of The Walking Dead. But, you know, for me, I was more excited to meet Jeffrey Dean Morgan for the fact that he played the comedian in the Watchmen movie. You know what's interesting about that? There's a lot of parallels between the comedian and Negan. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I think this, I don't think this is confirmed, but it's my belief that he got the role of Negan because of his performance as the comedian. I can see that. Right? Yeah. Uh, so just a couple other things about Walker Stalker. It was pretty funny. Um, so like you had mentioned in the photo, I'm holding, so I, I have, uh, I'm, I'm wearing uh, the Hellboy right hand of doom. And it's cool, like, uh, I'm fist bumping Ron Perlman in the photo, right? <laughs> it's awesome, like, it's so cool. Um, but the, the interesting story is uh, when I was entering the con, so they, they were doing a little backpack check. I wasn't wearing the fist at the time, but I had it in my backpack. Uh, so uh, this girl was checking out the contents of my backpack, and she saw this big red fist. And she's like, wait, where's this going? Yeah. Oh, okay, oh, no, don't worry. <laughs> it is kind of funny, though. She was like, what's that? And then I'm, I'm like, that <laughs> you had to break is, it down. yeah, I was like, you had to break it down for her. I had to break it down. I was like, that's Hellboy's right hand of doom. You didn't know. I know. As, as if, you know, like she should know that. And then she just kind of gave me a blank stare. And then, uh, but that wasn't the end of it. She kind of like went to a different volunteer. It's like, what do we do here? Like, because basically they, they were tagging weapons. Yeah, weapons you know? check. Yep, that's a weapons thing for check, all cosplayers right? that bring in like fake swords, fake guns. Right. So they had this like fake fist. I would yeah. have the weapon check. 
<laughs> that's what I was that. saying. It's like, come on, man. Um, so they had this this little bracelet that they they wanted to attach to the fist, but there was nowhere there's nowhere to put it. So they were they're just, just trying. It's like there's no there's no holes here. I don't know what to do. And then they just were like, ah, forget it. Just go ahead. Oh man, that would be so lame. A wristband over the fist of exactly. <laughs> I, I, in retrospect, I was like so glad they didn't put it on. I mean, they couldn't put it on, but if they could, I'm glad. You know they didn't because it would have kind of ruined the photo. You know it would have been it would look kind of lame. You know so, so <laughs> it all worked out. Um, so okay, the other thing and we talked about this a little earlier, but um, another highlight. So obviously two big highlights were meeting Ron Perlman and Jeffrey Dean Morgan. The third big highlight was attending the Jeffrey Dean Morgan panel. Um, I'm telling you, man. Like, so the panel was just was just him. It wasn't uh, any of the other cast from yes, The Walking Dead. It was, and I kind of realized why they set it up that way. Because not only was he the only cast member on the panel, he was the only person. Period. There was no moderator. It was Negan on stage, and I and when I say Negan, I mean Negan because Jeffrey Dean Morgan. First of all, he looked like Negan. Like he had the the black leather jacket on he didn't he wasn't holding lucille but he looked like negan for sure and he was acting like negan too man like he's he's really embraced this character and um yeah this panel was cool because it was it was held outside and there was um some fold-out chairs mainly for vip attendees um but in addition to that, there was this huge crowd of people. I was in, I was in that crowd of standing room only. So it, it looked like a gathering of the saviors. It looked like we were at the sanctuary and Negan was holding court and just the saviors were around him, like waiting for some dude's face to get burned off or something. The furnace was hot and the iron was ready to go. Uh, Lucille was thirsty. You know, that whole thing, that whole vibe. And like I was saying earlier, people were like holding up their Lucille bats and uh, just super like excited. Wow, you Negan know? for president, huh? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, so like I'm, I'm trying to wrap my head around this. No moderator. It was just him. Yeah, there was no moderator, and I think they were really trying to go for that vibe of like this is a gathering of the saviors, and Negan's holding court, and um, it, it came off that way too. Like like I said, he he's really embraced this character. He was acting like Negan um, in that he was very charming and well spoken, but he would kind of go at the audience as well, you know? Wow, very method. Yeah. There, there, there was this guy uh, who asked a question, like something the, along the lines of, who would win in a fight, Rick Grimes or Negan? And his response was like, who the fuck do you think? I would, I would, I'm going to say, like, of course, Negan, man. Like, and you mentioned this yeah. was a, a little kid that asked I the think question. So. Right? Yeah. And you said there were a lot of kids in attendance. There were a lot of kids in attendance. And um, first off, like... <laughs> Why are people bringing their kids to the walk, a Walking Dead event? Yeah. Yeah, it's like... It's rated, that, this is rated mature, right? This is a <laughs> yeah, it's a violent-ass show, right? And so that, uh, yeah, I noticed that, just kind of like scanning the crowd. A lot of kids in attendance. And my thought was the same as um, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's, you know, as he revealed on the panel. He was, he was saying, it's like, you, you kids 
watch the show and the consensus was yeah there's like a bunch of little kids who watch the show which is kind of odd and disturbing but i guess it's done and yeah there are a lot of kid cosplayers i saw a bunch of little kids dressed as negan it is wild man it's crazy <laughs> stuff awesome man so it sounds like you had a great time at the walker stalker con if you had to sum it all up in one word what would that be well you know I don't know if there's one word to sum it up, but there's definitely one phrase to sum it up, and that is, of course, I am Negan. There it is, folks. <laughs> yeah. Walker and, Stalker Con 2017. And not necessarily me personally. You know, like I said, I was more excited to meet Jeffrey Dean Morgan, the actor who played the comedian, Edward Blake, uh, rather than Negan. But the vibe there was... The, the, I mean, yeah, I am Negan. We are Negan people. Go I Negan mean, or go home. Yeah, man. It was heavily, heavily Negan fandom going on big time for sure. Wow. All right, man. So let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about season seven. Yeah, let's do it. So as we know, season seven started on a major down <laughs> major downer super bummer yeah something that i think a lot of people are still trying to recover from despite the finale which yeah. was supposed to be a bit of an uplift i don't know if it quite met that expectation but uh what did you think man season seven should we talk about the entire season should we talk about the finale i think you know the whole season we probably don't need to go into extreme detail and everything but yeah, you know, I think this is a season seven recap, so let's let's talk about the whole thing. You know, I was thinking there was a lot of anticipation before this season started because season six ended on this huge cliffhanger. Probably the biggest cliffhanger ever. Oh man, I can't I can't think of a bigger one, you know, uh, than this one. So big, everyone was there was a lot of people that were mad, right? Yeah, oh, I was. I, I was pissed off. I'm like, God damn it, another cliffhanger. You know, they kind of did this with uh, uh, season four where uh, they're at Terminus and it looks like they're all going to die and, you know, it just kind of ends, right? Um, so, yeah, another cliffhanger. And I, I was kind of annoyed by that. Um, but, you know, that said, during uh, between seasons, I mean, the speculation was through the roof. Who was the one who got Lucille'd. Yeah, you know? yep. If they, wanted, if they wanted everyone talking, this cliffhanger is how they did it. Yeah, it works. You know, we were talking about it. I, I, I remember we had lunchtime conversations about, you know, who do you think, who do you think got it? You know, who do you think got, got, got Lucille'd, you know? Do you remember your original prediction? I do. I do. And, um, you know, I... I only picked one victim, so obviously I wasn't 100% correct, but I did pick one of the two. I, I, my pick was Abraham. I was correct. Uh. Yeah, yeah. And I remember my logic, and I, the logic is pretty sound. It's that if you recall at the end of season six, the, uh, the baseball bat strike, it, it, didn't, it didn't knock, knock the victim down. Like if you recall, there's a line. Negan says, "Whoa, look at this guy." Yeah. You know, like like the the ca the camera was such that like the first blow wasn't enough, and then the victim was still still standing, staggering. And I was thinking, oh, whoever this is, this is a tough motherfucker. You know, like it's gotta be a tank. That can yeah. Take a it's like you know, prob probably not Carl, probably not 
like a weakened Maggie. You know, this is this is a tough guy. So the first person I thought of was Abraham. So and sure enough, that was correct. Now, do you remember what your prediction was? I predicted Maggie. I remember that, yeah. I predicted Maggie just because if you've read the books, you know that Glenn is the guy. Mm-hmm. And I thought they might have changed things up on the show, only that they, you know, they sort of played the the pregnant, the pregnant woman story with Lori. Yeah, yeah, and and also that would have held a lot of weight. Like not only a major character dies, but her unborn child dies too. So kind of a yep. double whammy, right? So right. that that would have been like whoa, you know, a big deal. So as it was. It wasn't Maggie, but it was someone obviously very close to her, right? It was Glenn himself. Yeah. Sad, sad moment. And I got to say, you know, I, oh, I mentioned earlier, you know, Glenn is my favorite all-time character on the show, and it was crushing, man. Like, after his death, to me, like, the show just hasn't been the same, you know, and that's just coming from a heavy, heavy character bias, like... Um, I never like that. Let's just say this show used to be my favorite show. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, so it's you know it's unfortunate, and I think it's still you know after Glenn's death, I think there were certain certainly moments in season seven that were good. The writing was still pretty solid, um, but just with Glenn gone, it, that that alone is kind of taken the you know the fun out of it for me really <laughs> i can see that the thing is is that the the very heart of the book is that anyone is sort of fair game yeah that they can invest into a character and you would think oh you know they we know so much about this guy they they or person they wouldn't they wouldn't drop this character they wouldn't uh they yeah. wouldn't off him mm-hmm. but uh yeah you know at a moment's notice your favorite character could could die if it's not rick <laughs> mm-hmm. It could be anybody, yeah. And I think that's what they were trying to show on the television show: is that, yeah, that it's that it's it's fair for everyone. Yeah, yeah. With that season season seven premiere, they really showed the world that no one is safe. I myself was kind of wondering, like, the show's got had gotten ultra popular, and they hadn't killed off a major character in a while. So I thought, oh, maybe, maybe that they're they're kind of like the, the, there are certain characters who are untouchable now and it's just a different show but man did they show that the, the complete opposite you know yeah. like no one is safe it's still the, a dangerous world for anybody and uh, yeah i think people forgot that i mean like shane died he was a he was a big deal yeah yeah dale was he he was kind of a big deal definitely yeah <laughs> T-Dog? I don't know about T-Dog. Not so much. <laughs> but there's, yeah, there, like earlier seasons, major characters died. And I think people were wondering, it's like, oh, you know, maybe it's a different show. Like the, the popularity of the show is such that they will no longer kill off the major characters. But they definitely changed that. I mean, they definitely didn't go that way, obviously. Right? So, um, you know... Some more thoughts on just season seven in general. After Glenn and Abraham were, were killed, I was bummed out, and um, I thought, you know, 
am I gonna continue watching the show? It, there was pretty much no question, I, I, you know, about that. I, I was gonna continue watching, but I was really curious to see how it would play out. You know, my favorite character is gone, so I wouldn't be as excited about the show. But you know, I continued watching, and I think you know, I, I still thought for a while that this is still a good show. You know, like the it's the same, you know. Um, showrunner and writing team and i thought it was still solid yeah it's still all there yeah i agree until the season finale i have to say i was pretty disappointed in in the finale okay i i'm I'm not sure if i'd say disappointed but it felt pretty lukewarm to me yeah just because they were building this entire season to be this really big war yeah and maybe this is the cliffhanger that they're leaving, which I'm sure they've done, right? Because Negan ends up mm-hmm. getting away, and so the war continues, you know? Yeah. Some battles were won, but the war continues. Yeah. So maybe that's the cliffhanger, but you could tell sort of the tone of the music. There was It was sort of this uplifting vibe yeah. of, you know, we started the season really shitty, and it got even shittier, and we're going to try and lift everyone back up. And right. it didn't, it didn't, that didn't quite work for me. <laughs> yeah, and... You know, I, I wasn't going in expecting Negan to get killed and and the saviors to be wiped out. You know, I wasn't expecting that. And the fact that, yeah, this was just one battle in the war to come, right? Um, that's all fine, but man, like, there's some aspects to that finale that just seemed really ridiculous to me. Like kind of forced. Yeah, a little right. bit. Well, the main thing is... Okay, this whole season was essentially our group, Rick and company, re- regrouping, recovering, and planning. Planning their revenge, their, you know, uh, their way to take out Negan and, and, and um, come out victorious over the saviors, you know? And that was my thinking the whole time. Rick is like coordinating with other groups the hilltop with uh the kingdom and with the the scavengers and i I thought okay so this this is this like the 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 season finale should be culminating in in this big plan this this master plan Mm -hmm. and there there was there was no plan (laughs) really like like essentially the plan was what uh Dwight came up with right at the last second at the last second like he he showed up at Alexandria like at the end of the previous episode right the mm-hmm. second to last episode so he shows up he's got this plan and Rick is like okay let's do that so I thought like dude I thought weren't you planning this whole shit out wasn't wasn't there this like interest intricate scheme to to like to battle Negan but I guess there wasn't, you know, and I don't get that at all. It like, all fell apart at the last second. I don't know. I don't get that. Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. And then, of course, um, the highlight of that episode was Shiva. And you finally see Shiva in action, right? The tiger, mm-hmm. which is cool. But at the same time, it was... It, it seemed like I don't know the, the show. A big appeal of this show is how much it is rooted in reality. Like it brings up a lot of conversations. What would you do if you were in such and such situation? And it just feels real. If, if a zombie apocalypse really went down, I feel like the show 
maybe up until season seven, it, it felt like this is how it would go down for real. But then like there's all these like little crazy coincidences like the, the timing of like okay carl's right right and he's just about to get lucille'd right and yeah. then the tiger jumps out it's just like well so that whole lucille know, moment the the, the whole eeny meeny miny mo moment yeah. like that sort of being replayed again in the season finale like we've seen that already yeah yeah no, that, i agree like we've already kind of been through that and i yeah i think it was a kind of a a sense of oh, this again, you know, and then not only that, but yeah, the, the the timing of like Shiva jumping out and Carl's just about to die. It's just like I don't know. It seems like a little too kinda, perfect. Yeah, it's kind of hokey, you know. It's cheesy, so I don't know. Yeah, there was one scene where uh, where the uh, what do they call the scavengers? Scavengers, yeah, the, the, junk, the, the, the trash, trash people, people, the trash yeah. people, yeah. where they're on top of this scaffolding by scaffolding by the wall. And just as the reveal comes where, what's her name? Uh, the leader of that group? Oh, I, can't I forgot her name. her name. She's the tall girl, right? I almost want to call yeah. her Alpha. <laughs> Something like that. Anyway, <laughs> where the moment she, you see the turn and she betrays the group, there's a, there's a little scuffle between Rick and her, and he falls off the scaffolding, right? Yeah. And, you know, it's, the walls are tall. At that moment, I thought, oh, he's injured, he's hurt, like he's not going to be able to fight back. But then in the next scene, he's running around with a rifle with everyone else shooting at the at the saviors. Yeah. Like, did something hit the, the editing room floor that just <laughs> made that, like, just skip a beat? Yeah. Like, that, that didn't really make sense. She stabs him, right? Doesn't she stab him or something? Yeah, or, yeah. And he falls off the Oh, she's, like, she shoot, shoots him in the side. I oh, think. Right, right, okay, yeah. He, right, she right. shoots him, yep. Yeah, like, intentionally not to kill him but to, to hurt him you know and he seemed to be in a lot of pain and then yeah all of a sudden it's like it's like it never happened yeah right yeah so i mean yeah that episode just so much about it seemed not realistic yeah, yeah. And, and the thing is, is if we compare this to the books like there's there's a bunch of attacks that happen in waves in the books and so the first attack that actually happens it's 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 a big deal yeah like there's an actual attack on, you know, the Savior's compound. What is it called? It's called the, oh, the Sanctuary? The, the Sanctuary, yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what I was expecting, so my expectations were pretty high. I wanted to see that. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe they're moving that. Maybe they're going to save that for Season 8. Who knows? I, I would think so. I would think so. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, in, in my mind, yeah, it was like they were planning this raid you know mm-hmm. that's the expectation but that didn't happen and yeah i don't know yeah that that season finale wasn't great and um like overall the season had some moments but yeah it's, to me it's not it's not the same show it's not quite the same show do you also think that maybe season seven ended this way in sort of this lukewarm feeling because season six ended in such you know grand fashion sort of controversial um yeah, I don't know. That's that's an interesting question because like maybe it just got a little too anticlimactic at that point. <laughs> See, here's the problem. Like I think they they recognized that, you know the the people on the show recognized that you know the season 6 finale and certainly the season season 7 premiere were such downers that they wanted they wanted to uplift the audience, you know, but at the same time, 
they they clearly want to have Negan and the Saviors around as the villains to beat for some time, right? Um, so they kind of wanted to uplift a bit, but not give the ending that everyone wanted right now. So yeah, I think that really led to some something that was just kind of eh, you know, like middle of the road, nothing to get too excited about, really. You know what I think how they should have ended it? They should have cut off Rick's hand. <laughs> I think okay. I think Negan should have cut off Rick's hand at this point. Now, um, like when he was doing the Lucille moment with Rick and Carl. Yeah. So here's a spoiler for the books. Rick's hand gets cut cut off in the books really early on mm. um, from the governor. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And uh, up to this point, Rick has both hands. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Yeah, they, they hinted at it at, uh, uh, you know, when Glenn and Abraham are killed, right? Like, he, he actually, he, uh, oh, he, he's going to cut off Carl's, Carl's hand, hand, right? And then Rick actually asked Negan if he... Like, cut he, my hand off Cut my hand instead. off instead, right? Yeah. And that, that's, yeah, totally a, a reference to the comics, right? So, yeah, that would have been interesting. Because then I think it would have given the audience a feeling like, oh, shit. Yeah. What's going to happen to Rick? <laughs> Like, could he die? Yeah. Yeah, and you know, like, all those bullets flying at the season seven finale, you know, like, I would, you would think that a lot of people are gunning for Negan, right? Yeah. And he, he's not shot once. He's not hit at all. He, come, he, he walks away unscathed, you know? <laughs> That's a little odd, right? That is. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't see I don't see Negan dying anytime soon. Yeah, in me fact, yeah, in fact, in the books, like as you see Negan's story sort of progress, it's interesting how quickly of a favorite character he became to me in the books mm. because his dialogue, he, I when I when I read his interactions in the books, man, like I I put the book down and laugh like literally laugh oh, yeah. like it's just it's hilarious. He's like super vulgar. He's really off the cuff. He'll tell you exactly what he's thinking in the most vulgar way. It's great. And he's sort of quickly become like my favorite character. Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, so you're one of these people too then. <laughs> Am I a Negan fan? I mean, sure. Why not? <laughs> That's hilarious. All right. So, you know, any other thoughts? I think, um, yeah, yeah. What do you think? What do you I think, think about season, season? I think for a lot of people that are still hanging on, I think season seven might be a defining moment for a lot of people. You said it right. Like, it's a different show now compared yeah. to what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's uh, curious to see what's going to happen, man. There's less and less people in the office these days talking about Walking Dead, right? <laughs> it does seem like it's not as much that whole water cooler conversation thing anymore, it's you know? It's not Monday morning, like, oh, my God, did you see what happened? Yeah. And I think you had mentioned... You, you sort of think that Negan's going to be around for a long time. I think so too, kind of for that reason. Like I think the 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 most buzzworthy thing on the show right now is Negan. Like people, like we're saying, are tending to talk about the show a little less, but the one thing that people are talking about is Negan. So I think they're going to hold on to that uh, and keep him alive for quite a while. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. All right, man. My final thoughts on season seven. I know it started out on a bum note with Glenn, Abraham dying. But we have to remember a lot of our favorite characters in the past have died. Herschel, Beth, Shane. Yeah. 
Uh, there's a ton of them. Um, and that's just the nature of the show, man. People are going to come and go. Yeah. Love them or hate them. Definitely. Yeah, that's, that, that is the show. It, it, it is a bummer that, I mean, for me, it's a huge bummer that Glenn is gone. But it, it kind of stuck with the, the, the way the show has been. You know, the heart of the show. No one is safe. You know, this is the world the people of The Walking Dead live in. You know, so it kind of stayed true to, to the core, right? Yeah. And as you mentioned Shane. That's, that's kind of an interesting character like yeah when he died he was he was a huge character i think he had second billing to andrew lincoln you know yeah. so um yeah this is john barenthal and just in retrospect it's very interesting because he plays the punisher now yeah. <laughs> and um I, I i think there's no question that he got the role of the punisher due to his performance as shane on the walking dead and um also interesting in, ret- in retrospect is that he seemed like this pretty wild crazy dude early in the series but now like like the way the world of the walking dead is now um shane doesn't seem like that crazy dude you know if anything you could see shane as sort of the foreshadow of rick what rick was going to become right it's like maybe his timing was a little off but i think shane's skills and his mentality totally fit the way walking dead is now right yeah yeah definitely all right, so that wraps up our time with The Walking Dead. Uh, let's yeah. go ahead and move on to some comic book recommendations. Okay. Uh, New Book Day is this week, April 19th. Uh, Henry, do you have any any books you're looking forward to picking up this week? Yeah, you know, I was looking at the new books list for this week. Nothing really jumped out at me. Uh, but for last week... There was a book I wanted to call out um, just because we were in the store. We were at Cape and Cowl recently and just kind of browsing through the shelves. And I was really struck by the Silver Surfer book. So this was a new release uh, last week. Silver Surfer um, number 10. And... Um, what struck me was the artwork. So the artwork is really cool. I, 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 I was flipping through the issue, and uh, the artist is Mike Allred, who you might know to be um, one of the co-creators of iZombie, which is a TV show now. But I read a few issues of iZombie, and yeah, his artwork is cool, man, and uh, no exception with Silver Surfer. And um, it got me researching a bit, and... Uh, the writer of Silver Surfer is a guy named Dan Slott. And Dan Slott and Mike Allred have been working together on Silver Surfer for a while now. They, they, they started up um, Silver Surfer b- back on the Marvel Now uh, books back in 2014. Um, so it got me looking back a bit, and I, I read the first issue they did and it's really good so it's funny and the artwork's super cool the artwork is kind of um it's retro style it's kind of reminiscent of like 60s pop art kind of really cool um so yeah i want to recommend silver surfer and i plan on reading more uh from this collaborative team maybe we'll see silver surfer in the mcu sometime soon oh man i hope so i think it's a great character I, i love the silver surfer 
right, what am I looking forward to? Batman 21, the button issue. So if you had started, uh, if you read Rebirth, the first issue of Rebirth, uh, it looks like there's going to be a lot of explaining uh, in this in this book. Mm. Um, so when you say button, what are you talking about? Okay, so this isn't a spoiler because this happened last year, Rebirth 1. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the book, Batman is in his Bat Cave and he finds something that looks awfully familiar that we've never seen in the DC universe. It's the uh, the comedian's button. Yeah. We were and, talking about that earlier, right? I was yeah. wearing this t-shirt when I met Jeffrey Dean Morgan. How appropriate. Yeah, there you go. So this is saying that the Watchmen live in the DC universe and how that has happened and how you know what what effect this has in uh, in in the world of Batman and Superman and the Justice League. Uh, we are going to see. So is the speculation that there will be questions answered in this issue? I hope so. <laughs> yeah, me too. Yeah. So do, do you have any speculation as to how the Watchmen exist here? It's the Flash's fault. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Flash's fault, you know, running back in time, making changes, opening up all these time rifts. No, I don't know. Um, I know, well, I mean, Batman and Flash are prominently covered in the, in the uh, I think, the main, uh, there's like a million different, like, variant covers, but in the main cover, it's Flash and Batman. Mm. And so I'm sure there was some sort of time change. There are a lot of changes in the DC universe now compared to what it was like uh, during the New 52. So that, I think, is the way it's going to be explained but we'll see awesome i am really curious to find out what goes down here yeah so there we have it that's the end of our episode this is rainier and henry lou saying farewell see ya